Now we're rolling. Damage Plan MMA Podcast. I'm Jason, back again with Mr. Blake Arulian. Blake, what's up, man? How's it going? I am super stoked. So this one's a little bit different, you know, play-by-play, reporter who asks questions, and then... <laughs> The fun ones are when you just get to be a fan, as I've said in the past. So these, yeah. these are so fun. I appreciate the time. I know uh, Zach's a little bummed out. He he called me earlier and he's like, what time are we recording today? And I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be taking the week off, not not coming on and recording with us. Me and Blake got it. And he's like, no, dude, this card is so awesome this weekend. I got I want to jump on it, man, because it is an it is an awesome card. It's it's a great fight night. One of the best we've had in a while, actually. Yeah. Um, before we get into that, Blake, I wanted to touch on and give a huge shout out to Clay Collard, who will be fighting tonight for the PFL. Uh, fight time starts at 5 p.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time. He will be fighting Alex Martinez. And you know when Clay fights, he brings it. I cannot wait. That's going to be fun coming off of that win against Jeremy Stevens. Oh. He's beating some some big names, too. I mean, he beat Anthony Pettis in in Anthony Pettis's debut, and everyone was like, what the heck? Like, yep. you know, when you have the guy who's from the Wheaties box years ago, I hate to always bring that up with Pettis, but, like, yeah. when you beat that guy and then you beat Jeremy Stevens, like, you're pretty darn legit. So it's going to be very exciting to see Clay Collard out there. That Jeremy Stevens fight was a banger. Like, yeah. those guys were throwing hard shots. Yeah. And so, interesting, I mean, Jeremy's fighting too on that card. He had to shave oh, his yeah. head to make weight or something like that. I was oh, seeing that. did I he really? I didn't see that. Oh, I wow. don't know if it's like real. Like, I don't know if like that's the reason because people always say that like shaving your head doesn't change much, but he did have to shave his head uh, to, to, he was, you know, head shaved yesterday at weigh-ins for that. So yeah, he came in at, looks like weigh-ins, he weighed in at 156. He's yep. fighting Miles Price. Cool. Well, shout out to Clay. We know we always cheer for our uh, our local guys. So good luck to Clay Collar tonight in the PFL. So yes, sir. Let's break down this Calvin Cater Josh Emmett card, man. I'm freaking pumped for this card. We are full of so, seriously. So I mean, even the prelims are super, super good. I mean, I'm just saying right off the top: Phil Haas, Dar- Duran Win, Eddie Wineland, former world champion of the WEC, Cody Stamen, like. I mean, it doesn't get Court McGee, our guy. Oh, Court Court, another local. Fighting. That's going to be huge. And then the main card, we've got Kevin Holland. We've got Joaquin Buckley, probably the greatest MMA knockout of all time. Cowboy <laughs> Joe Lozon. Like, dude, it is stacked. I cannot wait to get into this. All right. Let's let's uh, let's just start from the bottom. With uh, We'll start in the prelims with Roman DeLeeds against Kyle Dawkins. Uh, Roman DeLeeds is 9-1 and one since six, six foot two. Uh, he has a 76 inch reach. Kyle Dawkins, 11 and two. He stands six foot three with a 76 inch reach. So pretty similar, um, height reach, uh, pretty close in, in, uh, experience. Uh, what do you got on this fight for us, Blake? So I, I do have Kyle Dawkins at the minus two twenty uh, money line here. Kyle is uh, it's it's going to be closer than the money lines are saying though. Minus two twenty is is kind of a range of like oh it might be kind of a a blowout fight, might be a unanimous decision win. But Roman is legit. I really think that this is going to be a grappling match that goes a little bit. It's a little bit closer than most people would think. You know, I'm glad you said that because when I first saw this, my first in, uh, initial reaction was, oh, Kyle Dawkins is going to is gonna just roll right mm-hmm. through him. And then I'm like, oh, let me pump the brakes on that a little bit. I mean, uh, Roman Roman is going to be, I think is going to be, is going to hang. I, I think it's going to be a lot closer, like you said, than the minus 260 that, that I'm seeing. Yeah, I, I'm really, really excited. I got these money lines yesterday, so they might have changed a little bit overnight. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I'm going to go with Kyle Dawkins, but it will be closer. How do you see that going by decision? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Kyle Dawkins by by unanimous decision. 
Uh, but I'm going to say that it's going to be closer than people think, especially, you know, considering the money line and all. But I, I will say Kyle Dawkins unanimous decision. All right. We'll get on to our next bout in the middleweight division. We got Phil Megatron Hawes against Deron Wynn. Hawes is 11 and three, stands six foot tall with a 77 and a half inch reach. Deron, little DC, I like to call him Wynn, is seven and two. He stands five foot six with a 70 inch reach. How do you see this fight playing out? All right, so this is one of my, I think, four or five upsets of the night. Duran win a plus 195 on the money line. Phil Haas a minus 240. Now, Phil Haas is legit. Phil Haas is a good fighter. But Duran win back in March of 2020, I was looking at the fighting lines between Duran win and Antonio Arroyo, and he was a huge underdog, more than this one. Mm-hmm. I believe he was over 250 on that fight. And Duran mauled the guy. So considering that he's from AKA, considering he's super close with Daniel Cormier, lately he's been training with head coach Habib Nurmagomedov, who is the undefeated, undisputed. Maybe I'm not, this is pretty blasphemous. This is, this is a little ridiculous, but just as good a coach as he is a fighter. And so I think Duran win shouldn't be looked at as this plus 195 versus a minus 240 fight. I really think this is going to be closer. I counted out Duran Win once before, and I promised myself I never would after that. Forget about the size differential. Duran Win is going to close the distance and take him down. Okay, then. I right, look at you coming out with guns ablazing on this one. I uh, I get a, I get a lot co- cooler as as the time goes on. I've got like one or two more upsets. <laughs> I, I don't hate it. I'm not a huge Phil Hawes fan. Like he hasn't looked that impressive to me, but I. I just think the size will be the difference. Phil Haas does have a wrestling background. Um, I, I, if anything, I probably think it's going to be kind of a boring fight. Um, really? Yeah. I think it goes to a decision. A fight goes to a decision. Let me look and see what that is. It's plus one twenty. If I'm a bet man, I'm throwing. I'm throwing that. I'm throwing ten bucks on plus one twenty. If fight goes to decision, I don't see anybody getting knocked out because, like you said, Duran is tough and and he will he will grind it out with him. He is so underrated. I, I mean, considering his last fight, which was given a year and a half ago, I mean, he's he's a really, really good fighter, especially at for his size at that weight class. Really, really good. And and Khabib's been kicking his butt. If you look at his Instagram, I, I watched those Instagram videos. It's been hilarious. So, anyways, I'll, I'll go with oh, look, that guy. look at that. You got a, you got somebody supporting you. Mason Mason thinks Duran's going to win as well. Thanks, brother. <laughs> See, we're already disagreeing, Blake. You're taking Zach's place perfectly today. I really need to to find a way to, to live <laughs> up to the expectations. <laughs> Next up in the Bantamweight division, we got Cody the Spartan Stamen against Eddie Wineland. Stamen is 19-5-1, stands 5'6", with a 64.5-inch reach. Eddie Wineland, 24-15-1, he stands 5'7", with a 69-inch reach. How do you see this fight playing out? You know, a, a three-fight losing streak for Cody Stamen, but he still is the biggest favorite on the card at minus 400. <laughs> Raising. You got to wonder why. And the reason why is because Eddie's got a lot of miles on him. People, when you yes. hear that Eddie Wineland is fighting, they go, Eddie Wineland's still fighting? I didn't even know Eddie Wineland was still fighting. Yep. Uh, I, I really think that that Cody, his losses have been to some of the best of the best. I mean, just his last two, Said Nurmagomedov and Marab Duavashili, who is going to be fighting Jose Aldo in Salt Lake yep. in a couple of months. It's, it's you know, it's... It's very clear that that Cody Stamen has had a very uh, difficult last couple of fights, and so I, yes. I think this is a this is 
a very well-received minus 400 uh, betting line for uh, Cody Stamen, and I think he gets the win. He's at minus 520 on, uh, on oh, best fight odds. Good. Yeah, he's on my, minus 520 at some places, uh, minus, five, six, minus 590 at FanDuel. Lines, wow. lines definitely a, probably change after weigh-ins. I, um, I'm going with Stamen. Uh, he's a Michigan guy. I'm from Michigan. I also know who he trains with down at Extreme Couture. Shout out to Aleko and Chad Decker, who I know who's going to be in his corner. Um, I, I'm going with Cody Stamen on this one as well. I definitely right. agree. That That's going to be a fun one. I'm excited for it. All right. Next up in the strawweight division, we got Gloria DePaula against Maria Oliveira. Uh, DePaula is six and four. She stands five foot five with a 67 and a half inch reach. Oliveira is 12 and five. She stands five foot five with a 69 inch reach. Glorina against Spider Girl. <laughs> this is an exciting one. And, and it seems like I have so many upsets. I just, they're kind of earlier on in the card. I like Maria on this. From what I'm seeing, really? I see a plus 215 uh, underdog coming into this versus Gloria's minus 265. Maria Oliveira has seven TKO and KO victories. And I like the fact that she has some sort of specializing ways that she knows she likes to finish the fight. Um, I think that they both had their ups and downs in the UFC, but I do like Maria Oliveira in this one. This one's kind of a toss up for me. I think it's going to be a pretty close fight. Um, I'm going to disagree with you on this one as well. <laughs> I'm going to go to glory. And the only, and the only reason I say that is because I, I'm big on, experience right the the the, mm-hmm. the the fighter that's that's fought more the the higher level competition and i feel like gloria even though she's lost two out of three if i'm not mistaken in in the ufc um i think she has she's fought a little bit tougher competition um I, i'm gonna go glory on this one and i think this one goes to a decision as well i see that i i definitely so we, see that so we disagree again we can disagree but i will we never disagree uh, you know i i I have a real, as, as someone who does sports broadcasting and have done podcasts where you're supposed to disagree and yell at each other and say you're crazy. I, I hate yelling at people. I hate getting mad. So I never you know really what? get into it. I won't yell at you. I only yell at Zach. That's it. <laughs> Zach, Zach and I get into some good. It's funny because my, I, my grandma who shout out to my grandmother in Michigan, who's in her eighties and watches every one of our podcasts. And Aww. she tells me on Sunday, she's like, I just love it. You and Zach just have so much fun arguing with each other. And it's like, yeah, I just want to choke him out. <laughs> one of these days, one of these days, one of these need, days, it's going to take me a couple years. He's ahead of me. We need to do a little damage plan grappling tournament. We do. That would be freaking fun. awesome, man. Yeah. We should get everybody together. That'd be super cool. All right. Ricardo All right. Ramos versus Danny Chavez. Go ahead, man. I'll let you read out the stats on this one. If you got them in front of you or I can do it. I, I actually don't have them right in front of me. I have my notes in front of me, but I have okay. Ricardo Ramos minus 280 and Danny Chavez at a plus 235. Do you have the numbers on height and weight and stuff like that? Yeah. Danny Chavez coming in 11, 4, and 1. He stands 5 foot 8 with a 67 inch reach. Uh, Ramos is 15 and 4. He stands 5 foot 9 with a 72 inch reach. Yeah. <laughs> you see that? No, I did. I missed it. What did I miss? Oh, it just comment. I think. You oh, oh, yeah, yeah. There it is. There it is. I see it. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I, uh, you know, I, I like Ricardo in this one. Nine years younger, five wins by decision, and Danny has lost three of his four fights uh, by decision. I just think Ricardo's kind of a bad matchup for him. I'm just going to go with that. Ricardo Ramos uh, gets the win, probably by decision. 
I'm going to agree with you on this one. I, I got a question for you, though. What do you think about seeing such some of these big lines in some of these earlier fights like this? I, I feel like a lot of times in these prelims, I mean, I mean, sometimes you look at a fight and you're like, okay, Khabib's fighting. He's going to smash that guy. But I feel right. like sometimes on these prelims, they're matched up pretty well. And we're seeing some pretty wide lines. So I'm not knocking you too hard on picking some of these underdogs because I can actually see that. No, and, and I was kind of wondering that too as I was doing my research for this card. I, I was like, I'm, I mean, I get the Eddie Wineland plus 300. I, I get that. Yeah. And I don't want to hate on Eddie Wineland. I just, you know, I already said my piece on that. But like Duran Wynn coming off of a dominant win when he was a huge underdog and he's still a plus 195. I just don't really get that. I don't yeah. really know what the case is for those. Um, and so I, I would have to say, you know, it, it, it's all math. It's all, yeah. it's, it's, money coming in money coming out and that's how the exactly. betting lines come in so it really is just a matter of you know the fans kind of decide this the hardcores and the casuals but i don't know how many casuals are really looking at these earlier cards or the yeah. earlier prelims so i don't really know to be completely honest with you but at the end of the day you know it's just math so it's it's someone knows something i guess i should say you mean everybody's not degenerates like us <laughs> watching prelims early prelims no, absolutely, absolutely not. No way. <laughs> oh, next up in the welterweight division, we got Jeremiah Wells versus our boy Court McGee. Uh, Jeremiah Wells, ten two and one, stands five foot nine with a seventy five inch reach. The Crusher, twenty one and ten, stands five foot eleven with a seventy five and a half inch reach. I pretty much know both of our picks on this one, but. Let's hear what you got to say about this fight. Oh, I'm going to go with Jeremy. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I am, <laughs> am going to go with. Uh, oh, no, no, absolutely not. I'm going with Mr. Court McGee. Um, he is such a great guy. I love talking to him. I love, you know, just learning from him. Court is interesting. He, he cancels out jujitsu and his last two opponents have been, have been yes. really, really good jujitsu guys. Court cancels out jujitsu like no one else that I've, that I've seen. It's, it's really unbelievable. And then those 10 losses, nine of them have come by decision. So I think if court can just, you know, play the position game, play the striking game, punches and bunches and push the pressure I really think that he comes away with the win here against Jeremiah Wells. This is a very close line. This is the closest one that we've seen so far. Court, from what I'm seeing, minus 120, Jeremiah Wells plus 100. And I've been seeing him flip-flopped a little bit as time has gone on. Uh, it is interesting, though. Court will be fighting with Shane Stoneman in his corner as usual. Yep. Um, he won't have Dane there. Dane's been there for his last two fights. Uh, Dane will not be there uh, in his corner for this fight. So it will be interesting to see. Uh, if that has any change in game plan or anything like that. But uh, I am going to go with Mr. Court McGee uh, for that one, the crusher himself. I, I'm pretty sure he'll have uh, Rob Hanley in his corner too. I, if I'm not mistaken, I saw a picture with Rob in yes, there as well yes. from, from absolute. So yeah, I'm, I'm uh, we're not betting against Court McGee. Our boy's <laughs> going to grind out another win. It's crazy. If you look back at his, his career, I mean, season 11 ultimate fighter winner, that was 12 years ago. I know. Isn't that crazy to think about? It's, it's unbelievable. And you know, what's super cool about that too, is he's getting better later yes. on. You know, he, he almost beat Sean Brady, like just that alone. The guy almost beat Sean Brady a couple years ago, um, lost a couple of fights, but this back-to-back -back run that he's been on has been really, really special. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see what Court has to do. He's taken on a bigger role over at Agima, and and on top of that, his, his performances have, have gotten better over the last couple of, of uh, months and the last couple of fights he's had, I should say. I'm looking forward to it. Should be a good one. It'll be good. I'm excited. Let's go, Court. <laughs> All right. Next up in the 
flyweight division, we got Jasmine Jusa Davicious. Hopefully, I said that right against Natalia Silva. Uh, Jasmine is seven and one. She stands five foot seven with a 68 inch reach. Silva, 12, five and one. She stands five foot four. And I do not have a reach listed here. Um, how do you see this fight playing out, Blake? Uh, so I've got two reasons for picking Jasmine in this one. Number okay. one, Natalia is a debuter. She's making her UFC debut. And number okay. two is Natalia hasn't fought since December of 2019. So that's a really long time away. And then to be pushed right into the UFC, that's kind of a weird jump. Again, kind of a weird thing that I that I almost want to like do a little bit more of a deep dive into, you know, how this is all working out, why this is the case. But Jasmine at minus 230, I, I think that that line is is there for a reason. Uh, and I'm going to go with Jasmine on this one. I, I'm going to 100% back you. I just reiterated it. I said it earlier. Um, you know, these fighters that they're coming in on and making their UFC debut. It's tough. A 25 year old making her UFC debut coming off a two and a half year layoff. That that's a tall, tall task. Yeah. I, but, I think, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say this is, but this will be a big, a very good barometer. If she's able to pull this off. Now we can start making some little stars on our notes and say, okay, this, this, this girl's legit. She's legit. She's very legit. And you know, but here's the thing is a lot of times when fighters do come in and they have, you know, I think of, um, Alex Pereira, you know, yes. when he came in, obviously he's a yep. way bigger name, knocked out Izzy Adesanya. But when he comes in, he's still a minus 750 when he comes into, you know, into his first yeah. fight. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Natalia Silva at plus 195. All right, you ready for the next one? Next one should be good because there's a lot of controversy around this Adrian Yanez and Tony Kelly fight. Yes. Um, Yanez 15 and three stands five foot seven with a 70 inch reach. Tony Kelly eight and two stands five foot nine with a 70 inch reach. Let's, let's dig into this one, man. Adrian Yanez is so electrifying. He's so <laughs> much fun to watch. I cannot wait for it. This is my fight of the night, and uh, I am going to go with Adrian on this one, but I want to give it back over to you. You seem as excited for this one as any fight on the card. Yeah, so I'm. this is the one where uh, Tony Kelly made some comments uh, during the when he was cornering his girlfriend, and, and I'm, I'm, I can't think of her name right now, but it was just, what, a month ago, and he made a comment about, uh, I think he called the, the girl she was fighting a dirty Brazilian or something. They're they're dirty Brazilians, which I, I'm not a big fan of the mics being in. I, I mean, I like it, but I don't like it. I mean, in the heat of the battle, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not agreeing with what he said. I don't think he should have right. said that. But it's like, okay, they're in the heat of the battle. She, the 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 girl, full on eye gouged her. Like it was it was on mm. purpose. It's like. I, I'm not necessarily yeah. giving him a pass, but it's like, come on, man. It's like, it's like put sticking a mic in an NFL locker room. It's like, come on. Some of the stuff that those guys say. Yeah. But uh, apparently a bunch of the UFC fighters have been tweeting out that they're going to give Adrian Yanez a, a fight bonus. If he knocks out Tony Kelly, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fun. You know, uh, from the, from the broadcasting point of view, I love miking up anyone and anyone who is in the heat of the battle. Um, you, you know, Unfortunately, you know, things happen, things are said, and, you know, I don't want to put my, you know, I, yeah. I don't have really anything to say about, about that, but it is, it is interesting to have, you know, um, when you, when you mic up people, you know, when you watch a basketball game and, and you mic yeah. them up. So, you know, there's, there's a place for it, but hopefully, you know, people can be, you know, as respectful as possible. I'm just trying to stay yeah. as, as nice as I possibly can. Oh, I, I don't blame Yeah. There was <laughs> yeah. a, I saw a, uh, if you're on TikTok, there was a little tweet somebody somebody had tweeted about, um, not uh, tweeted, they did a TikTok about uh, hockey players being mic'd up. 
and listening to those, those guys are ruthless with yeah. each other. Like those guys are, but they, they can fight. So, and usually back it up. So, yeah, well, it'll be fun. You know, despite all the, despite all the controversy and, and however people see it, you know, I'm more so just excited to watch these two fight. It's going to be, it's going to be a good one, you know, bad blood or no bad blood, you know, yeah. we're here to watch fights. And, and I, I'm really excited to watch Adrian Yan. I, I do think Yanez gets, gets the nod in this one. Uh, again, the word I have for him is he's so electrifying. He's just very. so exciting to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Yanez fan. I'm all over Adrian Yanez in, on this one. Let me see what the uh, let me see what the knockout prop is on that. He's a pretty heavy favorite too. Minus two eighty five. Minus two eighty five. Let's see what Yanez win by KO is only plus one thirty. Hmm. Uh, Yanez by Yanez inside the distance plus one fifteen. You know a lot of. Uh, as far as the money coming in on this fight, I think a lot of people are seeing Yanez gets gets the finish in this one. Yeah, I think so. I, and I, that's, I mean, rightfully so. I mean, the things that he's done, I mean, it, it goes to show that he's, yep. I, I think he does get it done. Let's move on to this main card, man. This is going to be Main card, baby. Middleweight division. We got Julian Marquez against Gregory Rodriguez. Marquez is nine and two. He stands six foot two with a 72 inch reach. Robocop Rodriguez is 11 and four. He stands six foot three with a 76 inch reach. How do you see this one playing out, Blake? So my brain says Rodriguez, but my heart says Marquez. And I think I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to go with Marquez by submission. He's had tougher Ooh. competition in the UFC. He has more experience in the UFC, and he's done well. And he has submission wins in three of his last four. I, I'm going to go with, with Marquez. This fight will go to the ground. Um, and, and although Gregory hasn't shown that he's necessarily susceptible to the submission, I, yeah. I do like Julian Marquez as a specialist, uh, as someone who, who you know, if the fight's going to go somewhere that you're almost guaranteed, if you know that the fight's going to go somewhere specifically and one fighter is better in that area, I'm going to have to go with them. And so I'm going to take yeah. Julian Marquez uh, as the underdog in this one versus Gregory Rodriguez. The Cuban Missile Crisis. It's, it isn't, wasn't Marquez the one that that uh, shaved the asking like Myrie, Miley Cyrus out. Wasn't he the one that did that? Yes. He, he shaved yeah, something he asked in his out chest. Cyrus. Yeah. On, <laughs> it was during one of those pandemic shows when like everyone yeah. watching, no one had much yeah. to do. And uh, it went totally viral. It was awesome. I feel like we're on the same brain wavelength today because I actually kind of like Marquez in this one as well for, for everything you just said. So I'm just going to re I'm just going to echo everything you just said on this fight. I'm going to pick Marquez on this one as well. We, we started off pretty rough. We were disagreeing on everything and then we, and did. Then we decided, you know what, let's, let's make peace. It's the main card. I was waiting on. for the, I was waiting for the main card. <laughs> I've got, I've got some upsets here in the main card though. So we'll see what happens, but. All right, let's get it. Next one in the lightweight division. We got Demir Ismagulov against Guram Kutala, Kutalaladza and tongue twister, the Georgian Viking. Uh, Ismagulov is 23 and one. He stands five foot 10 with a 74 inch reach. The Georgian Viking, 12 and two. He stands five foot 11 with a 72 inch reach. Um, how do you see this one playing out? You know, Guram hasn't fought in 18 months. Uh, he's had less time in the UFC. Isma Gulav uh, has fought bigger names or wants bigger opponents, wants bigger names. And if he does win this fight, I think he does kind of crack into that, that division a little bit more. Uh, with a potential lightweight record of 24 and one, you don't get to 24 and one at that weight class without being a pretty darn good fighter. So I like Demir Uzmagulov in this one, and I like Demir making a name this weekend as well. 
I, I mean, no need for me to break it down anymore. I'm going to agree with you on that one as well. I maybe need to just start talking less so that I can give you a little <laughs> more opportunity to talk. There you go. <laughs> no, man, you got all the notes over there. You're freaking killing it, man. Oh, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad. Last last time I was a little underprepared, so I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Next up in the middleweight division, we got Yoquin Buckley against Albert Durive, Durav. Uh, Buckley is 14 and four, stands five foot 10 with a 76 inch reach. Machete is 15 and three, stands five foot 11 with a 75 inch reach. Um, the Russian, pretty big favorite, minus 240. The comeback plus 190 is what I'm seeing here on Tapology, which it's pretty close. Yeah, pretty close on uh, DraftKings, Bet- uh, Caesars. You're about minus 230, 240. This is a fascinating fight. Uh, this is one of the best fights, maybe possibly the fight of the night. We'll see. We'll see where it goes, but it's going to be um, pretty darn close. Albert has not lost since 2014, but a lot of people don't know this. Joaquin Buckley has very underrated wrestling. So Joaquin Buckley, you think of him as, you know, the huge knockout win back in 2020 that went mm-hmm. completely viral, probably the greatest knockout of all time. He KO'd Jordan Wright, who was a rising star uh, in the UFC, still is. Uh, but he's an underrated wrestler, and I think he can handle himself in that department and sprawl and brawl to a win. I really do. Uh, he's never been submitted, which is Albert's bread and butter. And I know I said yeah. earlier with with uh, Julian that if you have a specialist, they might be able to win. But I do think that, that Joaquin's ability to not get submitted, as well as his ability to uh, sprawl and brawl, might give him the nod. Uh, with a TKO or a KO victory here. Um, but that is, that is you know, I'm, I'm not sold on that whatsoever, but I will go with the upset if I'm looking at the X's and O's here with Joaquin Buckley and Albert Durav. Uh, or is that Dur, Dur, I want to make sure. Derive, Derive, I, yeah. I, I think that's Derive, Derive, yeah. probably something, like, something there. Um, but I like Joaquin at plus 170 there. I, I actually love everything you said, but on principle, we have our betting rules on the podcast and there are, I don't bet against the Russians. So I'm going with the Russian, you but know, I know I, I, I love the pick Blake. I think you Quinn Buckley has a, a, a great chance of, of pulling off that upset in there. And at that, at that, oh, at that, at those odds, I, I could definitely see an upset in this one. And with, with that being said, the, the early on, like, like when I saw this fight initially, I was like, Oh, like Joaquin is toast. Um, but the more I, I looked into it, the more, you know, the more I got sucked into the world of MMA and the X's and O's, which I, you know, I love to do um, that, that became, uh, it became more clear to me. I was like, I think Joaquin can do this. And with that money line, I'll, I'll pick it. So I, I, I don't hate that at all. I'll stick with the Russian and I love his topology pick. He's like, you know, he's got the shades on. He's, he's yeah, posing, front of the posing next to the Mercedes. Yeah. We're, we're going to go with the Russian on this one. He's awesome. man. It was great. <laughs> Uh, another banger coming up in the welterweight division. We got Tim the Dirty Bird Means against Kevin Holland. Uh, Means is 13 or 32, 12 and one. He stands six foot two with a 75 inch reach. Kevin Holland, 22 and seven. He stands six foot three with an 81 inch reach. How do you see this one playing out? So, yeah, Tim Means, uh, the, the underdog in this one. And I, I get it. You know, I like Holland at welterweight. I didn't love him at middleweight, especially yeah. after that five fight win streak he had in 2020 uh, kind of went on a skid there for a little bit, but he looked good at welterweight just a couple of months ago uh, when he fought against Cowboy Oliveira. I, so I good. like Kevin Holland at 170 pounds, even if means pulls out his wrestling. Uh, he has five losses by submission and Kevin Holland yeah. has very underrated jujitsu. Very. And so we'll see what happens. I just think Holland is, is younger, faster, fresher. 
Um, I, I like him as a minus 220. I think it's, 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 you know, a good placement there. I'm going to go Holland in this one, but I think Tim definitely with his experience, his age and, and mm-hmm. for as long as he's been around, I think he makes this fight dirty. Um, but I think if Kev- Kevin can keep his head on right and stay on his focus, you know, sometimes he gets a little sloppy in there, mm-hmm. um, which I like, I-, I love it. I love to see that in there. Um, but sometimes it gets him in a little bit of trouble. Um, I-, I-, I think Holland ends up pulling out the win in this one too. Yeah. I Mason thinks Holland rolls, runs right through him. All right. Next up in, well, we got the co-main event and we had this co-main fight lined up a couple weeks ago. One. Yeah. Donald Cerrone against Joe Lauzon. Cerrone, 36 and 16. He stands six foot one with a 73 inch reach. Uh, Jay, Joe low Joe Lau is 28 and 15. He stands five foot 10 with a 71 inch reach. Yeah. I, so Lozon, yeah, the underdog plus 145 cowboy minus 165. This one's going to be tough to watch, man. It's, I, I, two legends of the sport, but when the sport is what it is, which is fighting, it's kind of hard to watch after a while. Um, Joe's first fight in three years, he's doing other things still, still, you know, in the gym and stuff like that, but he has his own gym. He's focused a lot on that. I'm not sold on, on cowboy winning. I'm not really excited for this fight. I think that in the heat of the moment, uh, I think it was 74 that they were going to fight on. Uh, yeah. we probably got food poisoning. Yep. Wasn't able to end up fighting after they had already weighed in and everything. Uh, I, I did think to myself, you know, cowboy's going to get the win. He seemed rejuvenated. Um, but watching the presser this week, I don't know, you know, how the, the same hunger and passion that was there during that initial fight week isn't really there the same. Um, but I still like Cowboy in this one. It's going to be a tough. I'm just not really excited for it. It's it's exciting in the sense of, you know, two of the most respected pioneers of MMA of all time. But it's also yeah. like who really likes to watch the fights where, you know, win or lose. Both of these guys are probably, you know, on their last fights. Uh, in the UFC octagon. I, I I hope it goes, you know, as smoothly as possible, but we'll see what happens. I'll pick Cowboy. I I, I totally agree. I, this is a tough one. You even heard Donald Cerrone make comments of how the sport has evolved so much and he doesn't want to fight those, those young up and comers anymore because they're just, they're just walking through them. And like you said, I, you know, I hope they both hang him up after this. I picked Joe in the initial one. I, I liked him as an underdog. I don't really have a play on it. I'm not going to put any money on it. I'm just going to go Joe Lauzon by decision in this one. And and like you, I'm, I don't really care about the fight that much. Yeah. I I care about them. I don't know yeah. how oh, much yeah. 100%. I love the fact that, you know. And, and again, it was a lot more exciting in the heat of the moment when it was happening yeah. before UFC 274. But now it's kind of like, Oh, we're still doing this one and it's happening and I don't know how I feel about it anymore because it's not as yeah. exciting as it once as it was just a couple of uh weeks ago. So yeah. All righty. Well, all right, we'll see what happens. Main event time. Main event, featherweight division. Calvin Cater against Josh Emmett. This one's gonna be a banger. Uh Cater coming in at 23 and 5, stands five foot eleven with a 72 inch reach. Josh Emmett, 17 and 2. He stands five foot six with a 70 inch reach. Josh, a little bit older, 37 years old. Cater, 34 years old. How do you see this fight playing out, Blake? You know, this one's tough. And again, pretty wide money lines. It's yeah. interesting with Calvin Cater 
because when he was about to fight Max Holloway, those money lines were a lot closer. Max Holloway goes on to put on one of the greatest performances of all time. Then when he goes to fight Giga Chikadze a year later, he is a massive, massive underdog. And everyone thought Giga was the next guy in line at 145. And now after that performance that Calvin had, which was incredible, He's now going to be fighting Josh Emmett, who is still the underdog in this fight at 185, catered the minus 225. But I feel like this money line's closer than it should be. I said it last time we did a fight, um, when we when we broke down fights together, that the puncher's chance is sometimes valid. I think Josh Emmett could do it. I really do. But I think Calvin Cater is is, is the better fighter. I think he has more tools. Uh, when he fought Giga Chikadze, that was two takedowns versus Giga. And I think if he utilizes some wrestling in this one, maybe he can, you know, handle J- Josh Emmett a little bit better that way. But he does take a lot of damage. So we'll see. But I'm going to go with Cater on this one with the little asterisks of Emmett could absolutely knock him out. Oh, he has that one punch knockout power. I, I'm torn, man. I keep going back and forth. I do think the odds should be a little bit closer than they are. Um you know, father time does creep up on you. I know there's only a three-year difference, but you start creeping up over 35 years old, things start taking a toll on you. Um, I I think that last fight Calvin Cater had with Gigue just kind of maybe rejuvenated him after that Max Holloway fight. And, and for him to turn around and have that performance, like you said, that was phenomenal. So I'm going to lean Cater on this one, but I, I think the odds are Close. should be a little bit closer. Let me look at something. I want to look at the knockout prop for Emmett to see what that's at by the way i'm on bestfightodds.com if you're curious they give you all of the um fight odds from pretty much everywhere uh emmett by kotko's plus 425 i mean if you're a gambler man i don't hate that i get it because calvin didn't get knocked out by giga or max however max is a volume puncher he's not a knockout guy he took a ton of damage in that fight 100 percent but Josh Emmett throws heat. I mean, he's he's kind of reminiscent. We talked about him earlier in the podcast. He kind of reminds me of like Jeremy Stevens in his prime, just like yeah, these massive yeah. heavy hands. And yep. it's just like, it's kind of like this equalizer when you get in there with him. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna lean Cater, but I do not hate that that prop on there. Let's what do we got by Cater by decision? How do you see Cater win? If you see Cater win, how do you see him win? Decision, or do you think he finishes him? Really good, well rounded decision win decision I think win. it's it's you know two or three rounds he gets a nice takedown in here and there he presses up against the cage uh uses his striking uses his volume striking because cater is a lot like max he just throws a little bit less with a little bit yeah. more heat and so i think cater can definitely outbox josh emmett but again josh emmett has the equalizer but it is interesting because how much damage because calvin took a lot of damage even in the giga fight he just happened to put a lot more damage on giga so how much more damage can calvin take i mean i think right now i think when i was doing my research he has he averages like six absorbed strikes um per per minute in the ufc octagon that being said how much has that gone up just in his last two performances where he got hit a lot by giga and then max holloway you know had one of the greatest performances ever does that add up? Does that become a thing? Can Josh Emmett knock him out? And I think that's the story going into this main event. I I, I agree. I think if you if you like Cater, like you said, 
I think you go with him by decision at, at a plus 130 to 155, depending on where you're betting at. And I, I really like that Josh Emmett by KO because of because of all that damage. Eventually, that chin's going to wear down. Yeah. Eventually. I mean, yeah. maybe it doesn't this fight. Maybe, like you said, he has a beautiful performance, but that puncher's chance. It's the same thing I think about whenever Justin Gaethje fights. I'm like, how much more damage can this guy's chin take before he starts turning into Chuck Liddell near the end of his career? Yep. It's, you yeah. know, it's 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 the tough truth of MMA that that it does add up over time. And I hope that Calvin, you know, has, you know, a long career ahead of him. But we'll see what happens. So, yeah, be it's going to be a great card, man. Super excited for it. Um, next weekend, you and I and Mr. Joe Haro get to call the Fierce Fighting Championship 20 fights at the Maverick Center. How pumped up are you about Man, that? Man, I am so excited. I got I to gotta ask you right now, what is okay. the fight you're looking forward to the most? The fight that I'm looking forward to, well, do I have to pick just one or can I pick two? Well, the ones, the one is not technically a fight, so I can pick that one. I'm really, really excited to see Samson and Warren, Samson Famaba and Warren uh, Weingartner. Mm -hmm. um, they are doing a combat jujitsu match so for those of you listening that do not understand what a combat jujitsu match it's jujitsu with open hand strikes and you're probably a little more familiar with this because you've been around the jujitsu world but from what i understand it's as you start to get up to that higher level there's a lot of stalemate positions and mm -hmm. and those strikes kind of open up when they get into those 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 stalemates so maybe you can en enlighten the, the fans a little bit more on what to expect in that combat jujitsu since I'm, I'm kind of a baby in that arena. Yeah. So, so you'll find a lot of stalemates at high level jujitsu competitions because they know the next five moves you could possibly do. And that's what jujitsu is, is knowing what the opponent's going to do next and being able to counter that just like anything in combat. Yeah. So with combat jujitsu, there are open palm strikes that you can use to kind of open up your defender, create a little bit more activity and stuff like that. And it's become popularized over the last couple of years. Um, especially, I know that one of the big names who's been around it has been Eddie Bravo. He kind of Eddie brought Bravo, it yeah. to the brought it uh, more popularized and things like that over on UFC Fight Pass. Um, but overall, I, I do think that uh, it's it's a fun way to show how jujitsu works in real life combat to an extent with still being able to maintain what jujitsu is as a grappling submission uh, or a submission grappling art. And so it's going to be really exciting. I, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be, you know, fun for people who know and a learning experience for people who don't know. And there's still yeah. striking involved. It's still kind of an MMA thing, but uh, a little bit safer. I, I'm going to say that. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm excited for it. It's going to be really, so, really exciting. So go ahead. That's one. And oh, man, there's so many good fights on this card. They're literally from top to bottom. This card, this card is stacked. But if if I had so, to, eh, man, I, I don't want to pick just one. I'm excited to see one of your teammates, Kyle Griffiths, make his debut. Nicole Fuga, who was on the last Fierce card, just freaking brought it um andrew mickelson who we saw brought it i'm okay okay this is probably my first one if i'm going up malachi yeah. novacell and jose mendez is going to be a banger that's good both of those guys bring it uh homemade jose mendez brawler i actually had one of his teammates message me and say you need to watch out for this kid he's like old school throwback mexican style just walk forward and throw bombs and those of you that have seen malachi fight he's basically the same the same style he he loves to brawl so God, that's gonna be a banger i i'm gonna go zach hamilton raymond lolly for the featherweight amy featherweight fierce fighting championship belt that's gonna be my, my that, that's my gonna banger. be great and we actually have raymond coming on later today is that correct yes we do yep five o'clock right 
Yep, five o'clock with Raymond Lolly. And actually, I was going to tell you about this, but we'll, I'll tell you in front of everybody. Uh, we okay. got Zach, so we're going to be talking to Zach in the next cool. couple of days here uh, as well. So that one is is solidified as well. I'll give you the information later. Um, okay. But very very exciting stuff. Something uh, really really cool about Jose Mendez. That guy is three and one right now, but his one loss was to a four and zero opponent. And it was a yep. split decision. This guy's pretty darn close to as undefeated as they get. And he's really, really good. And on top of that, his opponent in um, Malachi, no- Malachi Novosel, I'm sorry, I wanted yep. to make sure I got that right. Malachi Novosel, him too. Both these guys are studs. And both of them just started fighting like two years ago. But they both they're combined both kids. 15 fights. Yeah, 20 yeah, both and 20, kids. I believe. It's yeah, insane. 20 and 22. Yeah, 20 and 22. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Insane. Um, so who, if you had to pick, who's who's what's your fight of the night on this card? Oh man! All right, let me let me go through really quick. It 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 definitely could be uh, Novacell versus Mendez. I I mean, our main event is a pro lightweight championship with Fabio Soral and Sugoku Armasane. It's a pretty high level fight. That's going to be really really good too. I, I, just, I can't pick. I, I, it's it's tough to say. Um, I think the matchup. I think the most fascinating matchup we have is Raymond Lolly versus Zach Hamilton. That's, that one's yeah. going to be interesting. Raymond Lolly's a really good wrestler. I've I've had the pleasure of calling his fights in the past. He's a really really good wrestler. Uh, he trains over at Extreme. Zach is you know kind of the hometown guy. He's going to be fighting here in Utah. Raymond's taken all of his fights in Idaho. Um, Zach has taken all of his fights in Utah. Both of them are the number four fighters in the respective states that they fought Idaho and Utah. It's it's really just as good as they get. Now the thing is, on top of that, the Jose fight, uh, the Jose, the Novacell versus Mendez fight, that one, that's probably the next the winner of that fight probably gets the next shot at the strap of yep. the winner of Zach Hamilton and uh Raymond Lolly. So that is going to be white a good one. So I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Raymond Lolly, Zach Hamilton. I'm going to stick with the same picks as you. Um, and we, we got to find a way to stop agreeing with each other on everything. I know. I know <laughs> we, we have something else really cool about this on this card that I wanted to touch on proving ground invitational, um, is going to be holding a, an all female jujitsu tournament. Um, this, this is going to be before the fight. So if you want to come in and watch, watch a, a phenomenal, we have one of the top jujitsu female players in the world and Amy Campo competing in a super fight on this card. I mean, for those of you that follow jujitsu knows who Amy is. She's, I I think she's 22 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Brazilian jujitsu just got her black belt. She just competed at IBFF, IBJFF world and finished second in her first gi uh, competition. Like won the West Great. Coast ADC trial. I mean, she, this is phenomenal to be able to have that big of a, uh, a fight here locally what's your take on having this all-female uh, tournament going on before oh, the fights i love it i can't wait i mean there's so much you know there, there's so many different things that are going to be happening from combat jiu-jitsu to mma to regular jiu-jitsu competition throughout the entire night now specifically with with uh the jiu-jitsu early on the proving grounds going on it's going to be interesting because they're not going to be on mats they're going to be in a cage position wrestling where are they going to be able to stand up where are they going to be able to use the cage to help them or be you know an issue for them it's it's going to be really really fun to watch i cannot wait for that part of the card as well lots of big names uh lots of up-and-comers 
And again, Utah yeah. just keeps getting bigger. Every time we talk to a fighter, they say Utah is just getting better and better at this stuff. And so I cannot wait to showcase or for fierce, I should say, to showcase all of this amazing talent from jujitsu to combat all the way up to MMA. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing, man. And, and speaking of Utah's blowing up, we have a UFC card coming here August 20th and a August big one. 20th. Yeah. Cannot wait. Kamaru versus Leon. <sighs> Can't do you think do you think Usman just I mean everybody thinks Usman's just going to walk over him. I, I kind of don't think he's going to walk all over him. I I think I I do think Usman is is better in specific departments and I think Leon is better in specific departments. The only thing is we do have a common denominator here in a first fight 7 years ago. And we do yeah. see what that matchup looks like. Granted, they've both gotten better. Their styles have changed. But it's, it's you know, when you feel someone once and you're kind of widely known as still better, um, yeah. I, I do understand why people think that Usman uh, does take the win in that. I mean, dude, he's beaten Colby twice. He's beaten Gilbert Burns. He's beaten George Masvidal twice. Leon Edwards is a great fighter. He's won a I'm trying to remember now. Is it nine, ten nine. fights in a row? I want to say nine. I'm, I'm right off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't. I don't have it right off the top of my head, but yeah, something like that. You were close. But he's, need, yeah, needless to say, the guy can. The guy can scrap, and the guy yeah. can definitely win this fight. He's a winner. He's a competitor. So we'll see what happens. Um, but but I do understand the the favoritism towards towards Kamara. Okay. Who's, oh yeah. Uh, early on, but this is crazy. This is going to be like the biggest thing that happens in Salt Lake this summer. This is oh, huge. Awesome. It's, it's awesome. gonna be great. I, I have a friend. Wait. I have a friend that has a uh, early ticket presale code, so I'll be picking up my tickets on Wednesday instead of Friday. Oh, that's and a- and we're still gonna try to slide in some press passes there too. So hopefully, cross your fingers, we can get uh, a press pass and maybe be able to go interview a couple guys. We will. We'll see what happens. I. I. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I. I can't wait. I cannot wait for this card. It's gonna be huge. And Dana White and Ryan Smith are like officially going to announce it at Vivint on Tuesday afternoon. So there'll be some headlines about that coming Ooh. up in the next couple of days. A little bit of the journalist broadcaster over here. Nice. A little in on the what's going yeah. on. No, that just, is awesome, man. I don't I, I, I interview I interview for high school sports. I, I love what I do. <laughs> it's so. awesome. And you hey you do a phenomenal job. I'm, I'm we're glad to have you come on here and, and be able to help us out breaking down these fights and doing fighter interviews. It's it's been awesome. I, I appreciate um, it. I I love it. I seriously I I I can't thank you enough for, for the opportunity. So, well, you'll be jumping back on again next week. Cause we got some more fighter spotlights. Do we actually have Amy Campos um, opponent coming on next Tuesday? If I'm not mistaken, I gotta check my notes, but so we'll be able to talk a little jujitsu of, of one of the females that'll be competing on there. That'll be great. Um, I can't wait. Yeah. And again, we um, got one later today, just a couple of hours. Yep. Uh, stay tuned at five o'clock uh, mountain standard time. Um, thanks you everybody for tuning in. Blake. Thanks again. We will see you guys at five o'clock. Thank you, brother. We are out.